Welcome to This Week in the State Line, a conversation with the local people and local topics you care about. This Week in the State Line is back on with Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? Uh, very patriotic after watching all the inaugurational coverage the past few days. It's hard not to feel uh, a bit of proudness of being an American when you go through this transfer of power like this. It really is. Uh, that peaceful transfer of power is really something to be seen. And uh, I got to say, I, I think a young Amanda, I believe 22 years old, uh, the poet laureate, uh, really, uh, to me, just did a phenomenal job. Yeah, she has a, a career as a politician or a speaker somewhere. I'm, not, I'm sure either one. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so let's touch on a picture I saw this week of you in a Rockfoodian T-shirt. It looked great on you. Well, thank you, Steve. <laughs> uh, I, so we were wearing these shirts that say Rockfoodian, and we were doing this because we have Rockford Region Restaurant Week is this week which is really perfect timing. And so a couple of things. One, I want to urge all your listeners, go to gorockford.com and take a look at all the specials that our local restaurants and eateries have for you. We all know that our local restaurant industry have been hit tremendously hard, and this is just one unique way that the city of Rockford and our partners can help uh, provide a little light on all the good things that our local restaurants have to offer you, and it really coincides nicely because just this week we dropped into into mitigations that allows for indoor dining at 25% capacity uh, because our COVID numbers are down. So I'd urge everyone, if, if you still don't feel comfortable eating inside, that's fine. Get some takeout. But please patronize our local Rockford restaurants because uh, they've been through a really difficult year, and we want to make sure that they're really strong and healthy moving into the summer. And a shout-out to the Rockford Art Deli for creating the Rockfoodian T-shirt and the YWCA of Northwestern Illinois for putting the uh, relief fund together for those T-shirts. Absolutely. Just really, really awesome. Uh, The Y has done a great job with this relief fund, and Rockford Art Deli is always there to support the city of Rockford and all of our businesses and residents. Uh, They do a remarkable job. Last time we talked about COVID-19, about the vaccinations, we were on phase 1A. We're still in that phase, I take it. And a lot of people have questions about when they can take the vaccine. Can you answer some of those? I can do my best. So we uh, certainly are in phase 1A right now. Phase 1B uh, will start later uh, this month. Uh, I will say a couple of things. One, we are really moving in the right direction, and I think that's uh, because our, our citizens are taking it seriously, our business owners are taking it seriously. If you look at the city of Rock, or if you look at Winnebago County, our positivity rate is now down to 7.4, uh, and we've already vaccinated 11,950 individuals. Uh, if you look at the Region 1, and so everyone knows Winnebago County is in Region 1, our positivity rate uh, is 6.4 as of January 17th. That is huge. We need uh, several days under 6.5 so that we can get everything back open. And again, when everything opens, that doesn't mean be foolish. That means continue to be vigilant. But now you can take part in some of those quote-unquote more normal activities. Right. So we just keep waiting. And do we sign up for the vaccination shots at the uh, Winnebago County Health Department's website or through the City of Rockford? So you would want to go to the Winnebago County Health Department's website, and that is WCHD.org. Got it. WCHD.org. You can sign up and register for it. You can also view the Winnebago County 
includes a vaccination plan, which is an incredibly thorough 40-odd page document. Uh, and I think Dr. Martel's doing great. This is really difficult, and I want people to have some patience with this. Uh, yes, we are all excited that we have the vaccine, uh, but understand there are a host of challenges getting this vaccine distributed. Uh, I know many of them have been covered, but I, I do want to urge some patience because, number one, we need more vaccine. Uh, number two, the transportation and distribution of the vaccine has to be stored in certain uh, freezers. And these are specialized freezers that not every single place has. Uh, so you have to store it. And then once you open it, you have to get it into someone's arm within a very tight time frame. So you have to have this uh really down to an exact science of who's going to get it. And then once you understand who's going to get it, you also have to confirm that that person can come back in the time frame to get their second dose. And you have to get that appointment scheduled. And to get that appointment scheduled, you also have to have more vaccine for that individual. So there are a lot of moving pieces with this. So I would just say, uh, you know, there's not a single health department in the country, let alone in the state of Illinois, uh, that can say that they were prepared for COVID-19. Uh, either the mitigations aspect or now the vaccine. So our local health department's doing the best that they can, and I think doing a really good job. Our local health systems are really starting to work together again and partner because they're going to need to uh, vaccinate uh, individuals who may not be their typical patients. And so that's going to be a, uh, something new for them to be serving folks that are not their patients uh, and to get to donate some time uh, of these medical professionals to get the vaccine in these folks' arms. So it's really going to be a community-wide effort that we're going to need a little bit of patience uh, at the beginning of. And stay tuned because the uh, the details change daily. Just stay aware, right? They really do. And, and that's the details changing should not be a knock on anyone from uh, the federal government to the state to the local health department. They're all doing their best. It, this is just an unbelievable task. Uh, we've never been through a pandemic before. We're all learning together, I guess. We are. The uh, Community Revitalization Grant is just one of the couple of grants that uh, I'd like you to touch on because I, I thought we already had some revitalization going, but now we're getting more money, so it means we can do more? Yeah, so as you know, Steve, uh, I've talked quite a bit about blight. We, I think anyone who lives in the city of Rockford and our neighborhoods know that uh, a blighted problem a blighted property really causes problems in your neighborhood. Uh, number one, it drags down every single property value uh, within a mile radius of that property. Uh, number two, they're often havens for criminal activity. So one of my uh, priorities in our neighborhoods has been to demolish blighted properties. And so we just won $250,000 to demolish properties, and we just won $175,000 to go to the Northern Illinois uh, Land Bank. And that land bank is uh, really wonderful because they're not going to demolish the properties. The properties that are still rehabable and the ones that we can save, we're going to uh, put those back out on the market, get them into private working hands, and get them back to being productive, good properties in your neighborhood. So uh, there's no coincidence, in my opinion, that we are seeing uh, property tax uh rates drop and we're seeing property values increase because we are really focusing on neighborhoods from putting more dollars in our infrastructure to reducing blight to changing all of the lighting to LED lights in our neighborhoods. So we're really doing a revamp of our neighborhoods right now. That's awesome. If my math is correct, it's like $425,000 extra. 
I don't care what they say about you, Steve. You are an incredibly bright guy. That is accurate. <laughs> I love it. We're talking with Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara. Um, how about some other grants, or is there any other initiatives? Uh, yeah, can I just mention one new program that we have? Absolutely. We just announced it today, and it, it is just so neat. So we have a new program called Step Up. It's a nationally recognized adolescent family violence intervention program. This is a really cool. The, the whole goal of Step Up is to stop the cycle of family violence. And we know that domestic violence takes uh, is about 35 to 42 percent of all of our violent crime in the city of Rockford. And so we have this amazing staff member. Her name's Annie Hobson. She's our youth services manager over at the Family Peace Center. And there's a 21-week uh, curriculum that she's going to be instituting, and she's doing it with great partners like YSN, Youth Services Network. She's partnering with Juvenile Probation and the Amanda Reed uh, Foundation. And the whole goal here is to get young people who are involved in minor crimes that can be considered for alternative uh, programs so that they don't enter the court system. This is huge in a couple of areas, right? Number one, we know once you get into the court system, it's really hard to get out of the court system uh, in America. And so we want to step in, intervene, especially with those small minor infractions that someone, uh, this probably isn't the politically correct way to say it, Steve, but you often hear someone say, yeah, well, when I was young and dumb, I did A, B, and C. Well, this is a program for folks who uh, may have had a minor infraction and just need a little bit of help to get back on the right track. And there's no one better in our city to help youth than Annie Hobson. So we're really excited about the program. It's a 21-week program, uh, and I think it's going to have great success for our young people today and for future violent crime rates in the city of Rockford. Is that getting started right away, or is there a timeline for this? It is getting started here in the coming weeks. So we are, again, just super excited about it. Excellent. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we wanted to talk about the road referendum tax that we're hearing. Uh, could you shed a little light on that? Because I'm sure that'll be a, a hot button, a hot topic for a while. Absolutely. So the most important item on the ballot on February 23rd is the extension of the Rockford road referendum. Uh, this is critically important. So we have a 1% infrastructure tax. We are simply extending it. It's not a new tax. We're just simply extending it. That tax brings in about 14 to $16 million per year. We are then able to leverage those dollars and get state and federal funding to do about 30 to $40 million worth of road work uh, in the city of Rockford. Anyone who's driving our roads knows we need to do more road work. So this is absolutely critical. One great thing about this uh, uh, referendum is 30% of all the money raised comes from outside the city of Rockford. It comes from someone who lives in Loves Park and is filling up uh, their gas here in Rockford or going uh, to a restaurant here in Rockford. So uh, we want folks who are living outside the city of Rockford and taking advantage of all the assets that we have to pay their fair share. And This is one way for us to do it. So I urge all Rockfordians, please vote on February 23rd. Vote yes for the Rockford Road referendum. No confusion on this yes or no, because it's already in place. We're just extending it so we can keep that money coming in. Absolutely. It's so critical. Please vote yes. I I believe this would be a part to say that that's why our property taxes have been able to hold, because we've got extra income from other locations, other sources. Absolutely. Think about this. I, I mean, when you think back on it, you realize how foolish it was. We, at one point, were bonding out... Uh, taking on debt to do road work. We would take, we would 
get about $9 million worth of road work, we'd end up also paying about $3 million in interest. And the bonds would literally last longer than the roads did. Wow. And we would put all that burden on our property taxpayers. So our whole goal here is to drop our property taxes. Uh, we uh, Everyone agrees we need lower property taxes. And so that's our goal. So please vote yes. You get, drop, you get to help us decrease our property taxes and improve our roads. Two critically important things for the city. On the ballot, it will say extending the road referendum sales tax. It does not say the word extending. Okay. So I don't want anyone to be confused. It just simply says the 1% infrastructure tax. Uh, and you can go to rebuildingrockford.com and you can learn more about it. I'm glad we cleared that up because that would have been very confusing. So vote yes. It is a little confusing. Yeah, and vote Again, yes. if you go to rebuildingrockford.com, you can actually see the exact language and exactly how it will work on your ballot. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Anything you want to bring up, or did we cover enough? I think you covered enough. I just want to say I appreciate you, appreciate the work that you do in our community, and thank you again for having me. That's Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara this week in the State Line. While I was lying in an army hospital in Germany, my parents got a letter that said I had 48 hours to live. They even sent a flag to put on my coffin. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I left the military with a traumatic brain injury, and when I got home, I fought depression, anxiety, and alcohol, and had nothing to look forward to. DAV provides a lifetime of support to veterans of every generation, helping more than a million veterans each year. With DAV's help, my world changed 100%. I was able to build a new life for myself. With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small. I'm Adam Greathouse, Army veteran. But there are more victories to be won. My victory is just feeling alive and experiencing life. Adam Greathouse, thank you for your service. May your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I've got muscular dystrophy. That means my muscles are weak and it can be hard to breathe. Now is a scary time for everyone, as we are at a higher risk for respiratory infections. In good times and bad, the Muscular Dystrophy Association helps kids live with neuromuscular disease. The pandemic places more than 200,000 adults and children with muscular dystrophy at a greater risk. Breathing is often hard when you live with a neuromuscular disease, but the Muscular Dystrophy Association is here to help. MDA is what ensures they receive critical medical care at one of over 150 care centers across the U.S. During COVID-19, kids like me are at a greater risk. The Muscular Dystrophy Association needs your support now more than ever. COVID-19 won't stop us. To learn how you can help, please visit HelpMDA.org. Thank you. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. We want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. 
They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Good morning, it's Steve Summers talking with the Rockford Park District about so many new things coming our way. Laura Gibbs-Green, the communications manager, is with us this morning. Hi, Laura, how are you? Good morning, how are you? Very, very good, but confused, as I'm sure a lot of residents in the state line are, about the Illinois Snow Sculpting Competition and why it was moved a week. We need a little bit more time because we need some more consistently cold temperatures. And reason being, yes, we do have a lot of beautiful snow that's on the ground. But, you know, a couple of years ago, Steve, we made a decision as a park district to, um, we used to get our snow from the runways of the Rockford Airport. And a couple of years ago, we um, ended up making our own snow. And since then, that's about 2016, we started doing that. And since then, we've really um, just kind of said, you know what, we're going to continue to just make our own snow, no matter what happens with Mother Nature. And this is the year that, of course, we do actually have some snow on the ground. But even still, it's a more consistent product when we make it ourselves. It's very pure. It's pristine. The sculptures that you see then as a community are going to look that much more, uh, you know, more appealing to you even, too, because it's that, again, untouched, perfect canvas for the artists to be working with the sculptors to, to enjoy and us as community members watching to enjoy. So we just need some more time to make some more snow ourselves because um, it takes about one of those blocks a state block itself takes about 2.5 tons of snow which in pounds is some astronomical amount if we equate it to that so wow and how many of those big blocks are you needing because obviously you do the math it takes a while it does. We um, will have 10 teams. There's nine state teams competing. And then we always have one exhibition team. It's the team who won the year before. And then we have uh, eight high school teams that will be competing. Their blocks are a little smaller. So state blocks are six feet by six feet and 10 feet high. And then the high school blocks are four feet long, four feet wide and six feet high. Still, it's about 19, maybe 20 blocks. And once you take the forms off, if it didn't hold, you got to redo it again. So there is some time involved in this. And really, there's a lot of science that goes into, you wouldn't believe what all has to go into, you know, making snow and the right temperatures make a big difference. And we have to have those right temperatures and humidity. Humidity is a big factor, too, in making snow. And so, you know what, we just, we appreciate everybody giving us just a little bit more time so we can go ahead. We know we've had a couple warm days and, and now we are able to, you know, really crack out, crack open those snow machines and get going. And so we're excited about being able to, we're optimistic about pushing it back and we're excited that. Well, we can get some colder temperatures in our forecast here. It's still free. It'll be the 35th annual installment of the Illinois Snow Sculpting Competition, which is supposed to be this week, but we moved it to, what, January 27th through the 30th? 27th through the 30th, yep. It'll still be the kind of the same timeline. And, yeah, you know, the the... Each year, I think it's the best of the best of the best. And then I see the, you know, we just released uh, the artist renditions kind of of what their, the sculptors give us drawings. And we put those out on our Facebook page and on our website of what you're going to be expecting to see. And if you take a look at those, 
unbelievable just the artwork <laughs> itself and then to think of that in a you know 10 feet high sculpture of snow i mean it just it's just mind-blowing so we're really appreciative of everybody that gets involved each year there's new teams there's always new high school teams that are uh you know coming aboard with us new advisors that are coming in so there's a lot of new sculptors that are doing this for the first time and it's a lot on their end to do it you know i mean there's a lot of hours going into it a lot of hours during the event you know obviously this year we've made some changes due to, to COVID. So there are some different regulations and rules that are in place, but you know what? Being outdoors and recreating is still something that we can certainly all do. And not to mention, you know, you've got a lot of distance that's between these blocks. So no problems there. Sculptors themselves have a lot of layers of protection on already and also have a lot of distance between them too. So really we, we looked at everything and we're able to really uh, make this happen. And we think that probably people are going to be coming out, you know, in record numbers as we've seen through some of our other things we've done in the winter months with all glow. And then of course um, the festival of lights through Mississippi park, people are, are looking for something like this for the family to load up in the car and, and take a drive and ooh and ah, and, you know, have their own little family competition of which one they like the best. And <laughs> we're encouraging that. So the high schools that are participating, do you, uh, know which ones in the area are going to be there or is it just usually the same ones or no we usually have yeah everybody sign up ahead of time so we've got uh just looking at pectonica high school keith uh is a submitting we've got uh christian life byron uh Hananiga, belvedere north and pectonica and rockford christian and rockford lutheran all right, so just a few of the schools and the teams from all over the country coming to our city January 27th through the 30th for the Snow Sculpting Competition. And the renditions, the artwork at rockfordparkdistrict.org. My favorite so far is the bird feeding the baby birds in the nest. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's so crazy good. That's Isn't that cute? Yeah. All right, so tell and me a little a very bit about special one this year too that uh, you know uh, we we our advisor and the lead of this uh, whole thing for many and many a years is a dear friend of the, many of the community, John Back Alderman, and then also worked for the Rafford Park District. And unfortunately, he uh, we lost him this past year, and so there's going to be just a special special sculpture that we're, we're really touched by the comp uh, the. Uh, award-winning team from last year is going to put together a special sculpture just in John's honor, which is going to be really nice. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure on that one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as you mentioned, the Nicholas Conservatory, and I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're going to keep the lights on for a while longer? Well, not the full All Aglow exhibit. So we're basically going to reduce everything down. The team, the the, the crew's already started taking down the lights. So not all of them are staying, but we're going to do just what we're calling kind of e Eclipse Lagoon is, is the beautiful uh, water behind the, the conservatory. And we're going to keep lagoon lights up. So if you want to take a stroll around the back half, when the temperatures are right, which we aren't at yet, and that lagoon freezes, it has to have a, a long time to freeze, um, that'll be a place where people can go enjoy skating. So we thought if we left some of those lagoon lights on, that's just going to really enhance that experience to be outdoors and play hockey or do ice skating or, you know, even just walk. We know people are still really getting out and utilizing that bike path and just taking a stroll. Um, we've seen, again, just record numbers along the bike path this winter and, and layering up is the cool thing to do. And we appreciate everybody taking some time to get some fresh air and, and be outdoors. So we've got the, the lights at a variety of parks and then the lights at Eclipse Lagoon are going to remain open through, uh, stay on through the end of February. And bravo, truly stunning. My wife, my daughter, and I went there that last weekend just in case it was going to be shut off, and they were <laughs> yeah. amazing. Wow. So 
you got the full experience. So thank you for everybody who did come come out because uh, yeah, the crew already started taking <laughs> taking the lights down and and packing them away. And believe it or not, Steve, they already know a lot of what they want to change and do for next year. That's crazy good. Uh, the other parks that are with lights, do you have a list of those? Because I know there's a lot of parks that I've never even heard of before that are going to have lights on too. Yeah, Lemmings Park, Brown Park, Fairgrounds Park, uh, Wants Park, and then Washington Park Community Center all have just a little bit of a, a winter light display. By no means is this anything like Festival of Lights or All Aglow, but you know our maintenance team came up with this concept and this idea, and, and they each park is a little something different, so maybe it's a shelter that's just got some white lights to it. But we've been getting a lot of really great feedback from uh, many in our community that are just appreciative of something to help them smile through these, through these dark winter months. And so we initially thought, well, we'll just keep it on through the end of January. And really, we've heard so many people say, could, could you extend it? You know, I'm, I'm loving the fact that you have these. Can don't turn them off. You know, we're in no hurry. So, um, you know, we're just trying to help people's spirits keep a little bright uh, during these uh, next couple of months as we get, as we hopefully get through the end of this pandemic. And they're going to be on through the end of February then. They'll be on through the end of February. Yep. And uh, And so you're also concerned about the temperatures because you have a snowman building contest, which I think (laughs) is so cute. You got to tell us more about that. Yeah, we're Rocky the Snowman is who we're, we're we know Frosty the Snowman, but we're introducing Rocky the Snowman, and Rocky's our polar bear mascot. Normally, Rocky lives at Carlson Ice Arena in Sapporo Play World, but he's he's out and about this winter, man. He cannot be hibernating indoors, and so he said, you know what, we should we should do a contest, and so we're asking the community. We're thankfully with the uh, support that we received from Collins Aerospace. This would not happen without them. I want you to all know that they um, were able to donate to, to the cause. And, and just said, hey, kids deserve to have some fun. So we got together and put 1,000 free Rocky the Snowman kits together. So in that kit, you're getting the signature blue scarf that Rocky wears. Uh, you're getting everything you need for the eyes and the nose and the mouth. And then you're getting blue Kool-Aid so you can make your own paw prints because, of course, Rocky has paws. <laughs> and uh, we've created a whole entire new jingle to Rocky the Snowman. Is, uh, Rock Frosty the Snowman is now Rocky the Snowman. So we've even got a song. Rocky and we're asking everybody. Snowman to, is a very yeah. happy soul kind of thing, right? You got it. That's it. We should have called you to sing it. Doggone it. No, we're okay. We're okay. <laughs> so we're we're asking everybody to go ahead and get involved. Um, put your creative juices, uh, get them outside, get the kids together. You can pick up these uh, free while supplies last. We've got 1,000 kits that are available for anybody who wants to pick them up at our customer service locations. Um, and then we've also distributed about 500 to some of our community centers. Our goal is to get them in the hands of ki- of kids and teens and, and families. So that's kind of really what we're hoping um, will happen by this. And just another chance to get outside, do something fun, utilize your front yard. You know, we've got snow on the ground, so this is the perfect time to do it. And then if you do it, we're just asking everybody to maybe snap a quick picture and send it to us and be a part of the contest. And those photos need to be submitted by Sunday, February 28th. So plenty of time. All right, so you answered my first question, February 28th, you got to get everything in. Uh, what are you winning? What are you playing for? What, what's just because? Because that's always fun, too. Yeah, well, we do have a little grand prize package for the most creative Rocky the Snowman. So that winter we'll receive a special gift basket that we're putting together. And then we're going to a- enter everybody into a drawing uh, for a, to win a four-pack of tickets to use at the snow park. 
So cool. We're talking to Laura Gibbs-Green from the Rockford Park District, not only about the snow sculpting competition being bumped a week, but about the extension of the lights and the snowman kits, which are awesome. Can you get those at the Carlson Arctic Ice Arena as well? Of course. Rocky lives there, so we would have to have them available where Rocky's at. So, yes, Carlson Ice Arena, uh, UW Health Sports Factory, those are kind of our two customer service uh, locations, so you can go ahead and get those there, and uh, a variety of other places. We've got this all on our website, Steve, so if you are looking to go, what, where, where do I go, what do I do, rockforparkdistrict.org backslash winterfun is kind of our headquarters for a variety of things to do outdoors. We're calling it a winter flurry. We want you to have a flurry of fun this winter. Always love talking to you, Laura. Have a a great week, and I can't wait to see you at the Snow Sculpting Competition. Sounds good. Can't wait to see everybody. That's Laura Gibbs-Green with the Rockford Park District on This Week in the State Line. Thanks for listening. Join us next Sunday morning at 6 for another edition of This Week in the State Line. Or subscribe to the podcast at rockfordradio.com. This Week in the State Line is produced by Midwest Family Illinois.